0: Hello and welcome to the Ball Things Considered BTC Pod. Today is the day before the draft and we're bringing you a special first round mock with all 30 picks where me, Sean Bush of Ball Things Considered and Drew Mastin of ID Prospects will be taking turns and giving you quick summaries of all the guys, what to think about them, where they could go, what their fits look like. Um yeah, welcome Sean, welcome Drew
1: what's up michael i'm uh, excited for this draft that has taken like five years it's crazy but yeah. it's finally here so let's let's get into it baby
2: yep it's been way too long but i'm excited to talk about it appreciate you guys having me
0: appreciate you being on with us you want to tell us a little bit about id prospects and what you guys do so that the people at home know your specialties
2: Yeah, so we're an international youth basketball scouting site, Um, hopefully becoming an international youth basketball scouting service soon for college teams, but um, pretty much anybody that's playing outside of the United States and Canada, we're scouting them by the time they turn usually 15 or 16, um, preparing for NBA or college or whatever.
0: All right. Um, Should we just get right into it? Like I said, it's going to be all 30 picks and... We're not going to try and shock the world. This is mostly about talking about each player. It's like a way more fun big board.
1: Uh, Yeah, let's jump into it. Um,
0: right. Sean,
1: I'll... you're first, I think. Yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, okay. We're just going to rotate picks. Um, so we'll just be switching off. And obviously um, no
0: trades, because that's not the point of the exercise.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. With the first pick. In the
2: 2020
1: NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select freshman Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Um, I went with Edwards here. Uh, LaMelo Ball was also um, firmly in the thick of things. I think it's probably going to come down to those two if they don't trade the pick. The reason I went with Edwards and why I think Timberwolves will take him is um, – He's a six-five wing with a 6'10 wingspan. He, he's, a, he's a great athlete, um, and I think he just kind of fits into that core more seamlessly um, with D'Lo already there. Um, and while he did not show a lot of um, defensive ability in college, um, I think it's pretty fair to say that he has a higher defensive upside than Lamelo, and, and that's something that they're definitely going to have to focus on going forward with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns being um, kind of defensive liabilities to a certain extent. Uh, so, So what do you guys think about Edwards?
0: I like him a lot. Like you said, his athleticism gives him a leg up defensively over ball. And he's got a way higher scoring ceiling, which if you're picking number one overall, you want everything possible you can get. And he led the SEC in total steals. So defensively, he's got a shot to be really good. Like, I don't think there's any part of his game that won't come around.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely like a lower floor for him maybe just because he does take all those bad shots. And if he never starts yeah. to actually hit them, then um, obviously it's tough for him to find a, a role and be a star. But as far as ceiling, I think he's he's up there with anybody in this class, which um, kind of leads into to my pick. The second pick for the Golden State Warriors. Um, I'm taking J- James Wiseman here. Seven foot one center from Memphis. He only played three games this season. Um, he he, kind of got in trouble with NCAA and then left school. But um, probably the biggest player the Warriors have had in this Steph era, the Steph and Clay era, um, fits well with that team as far as like they if they bring everybody back healthy, they have a bunch of scoring and he kind of just rebounds, block shots. Um, maybe not the best value pick taking a center in the modern NBA at the, with the second overall pick, but for a team that's just looking to compete these last few years of. Steph's prime of Clay's prime, um, and already have so much money tied up. I think it's a, a decent decent place to go for them. Um, I think they probably will look to trade down, but if they have to pick here, I think it's probably going to be Wiseman.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, especially, I know they've made a, a point to kind of emphasize athleticism. At least that's what they've been saying um, with this draft pick. So, Wiseman would be an excellent choice from that too he's just a freak athlete. Um and, and like you said, Drew, you know, um going back to Edwards, uh it, this this class is interesting. There's a there's a lot of guys with with high ceiling, low floor outcomes. Um Wiseman, Edwards, Pokeshewski, some um definitely our friend Charlie would say Lamello. I think he's a little has a little bit of a safer floor than, than Charlie might think. But um a lot of kind of high variance guys. Um so the good thing with the Golden State taking Wiseman is um, good teams have a much better chance of getting the best out of a high variance guy because there will just be mm-hmm. low expectations um, or lesser expectations at least. Um, so I I think that's a great fit.
0: Yeah, I agree. And the inverse too, like you said, this class has a lot of low floor, high ceiling. It's got a lot of high-floor, lower-ceiling type of players. There's a lot of play-right-away guys. And Wiseman can play right away, and he can play for a team that's contending for a finals right away. So that pick has been really unwavering in mocks since Golden State jumped up. And they've worked out everybody. They're really doing their research, but he makes the most sense by a lot, I think. And that leads to my pick. I got third overall, the Charlotte Hornets, and it's a no-brainer, LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo Ball could go number one overall. He's good enough, even though Minnesota just traded for D'Lo. Like, LaMelo Ball is tall. He's a great passer, and after that, you really don't need to think about it. He's truly an elite passer, so his floor is great because he's going to be good, and he's going to have a way in the league just because of those two skills. He stretches the floor. Charlotte's superstar hungry, so they could really use him. And you can never have too much passing. You can never have too much size. You can never have too much shooting. So there's questions about his jump shot, but he doesn't really need it. He won't be Ben Simmons, even if it doesn't come around. But I don't know. He's a polarizing prospect. Do you guys disagree about anything with LaMelo?
1: Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, I think the best thing LaMelo has going for him uh, which is why I think he is safe to an extent, is he's just got the most bankable, great skill. His, his passing and vision, I think, is is the most for-sure thing that mm-hmm. anyone, of anyone in this class, at least in my opinion. Yeah, it's that good um, of
0: a one skill compared to any other player.
1: Yeah, um, and just that alone gives him major star potential in, in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I have
2: some worries about the fact that he hasn't really played a full season in any like at any level in about three mm-hmm. years since he was like sixteen. But um like you said, that that playmaking at his size is it's hard to pass up and I think it's actually a good fit next to Rosier who's a little bit better off the ball, even though he's more of a point guard a lot of times. I think he, he's a really good catch and shooter and I think it's a really good fit there and, and Charlotte would be thrilled to have him drop to three, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, uh, with four, the Chicago Bulls are on the clock, and I'm going to give them uh, Denny Odvia, um, a 19-year-old 6'9 forward um, from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, I, I might transition this one over to Drew uh, in a second here because I'm, I'm sure you'll have some better insight than me, but I do really like Denny. Um, I think he's one of the top competitors in the class. Um, I think he's a great athlete and playmaker. Um, I do think a lot of people are going to be surprised when he comes over because I do still think that that kind of soft Euro label um, still exists um, in the, the minds of some NBA fans. And um, I just don't think that's Denny at all. Um, I could see Chicago maybe going for a halbern here or, um, or maybe taking like an upside pick with like Okoro. But um, I just like the combination of, Denny's skill set and him being able to do a lot of things um kind of transitioning in as like a, a more safer pick for Chicago
2: yeah yet another team that is kind of floating a bunch of guys out there to try to get trade offers but I do think they go with Denny if they keep if they keep the pick um yeah he's he plays hard he's a he's a secondary playmaker probably but at his size that's really valuable and his shot has not looked great from the free throw line but I think he's gonna be able to shoot threes at the NBA level. His shot looks fine. Um, obviously, the free throws are concerning, but I like him as a shooter and, and kind of everything he brings on offense. And I think he's a pretty underrated defender. The way that he defended at the FIBA level, especially at U20 last year as kind of a four and five and kind of all, all his whole career as a youth player was really impressive. And And he can kind of be almost a secondary rim protector, especially as he's gotten stronger. And I think that a lot of people don't really realize that in a couple years, he's going to be defending bigger players than he is now, and that's going to add just a whole nother level to his game.
0: I did not know that about him playing the 4 and 5. I knew his defense was, at worst, solid, but that adds a big dimension. I think his versatility jumps off to me, like being a 6'9 playmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see That it definitely sometimes. raises my opinion of him.
2: Like, he, he'll, he'll occasionally, like with the pro team, try to block shots and, and be pretty active and help, but he... He hasn't really had the strength and, and guarded the positions to be there, but mm-hmm. when you watch him at the younger levels, he's always he's always trying to help, always blocking shots. And I think eventually, as he as he grows and, and he gets more comfortable, he'll be doing that in the NBA too. Which yeah, I agree. It makes him a lot more valuable. So we're Cleveland Cavaliers up next. My pick, Cleveland Cavaliers. I think this is where they take Obi Toppin, twenty-two um, year old power forward, maybe a center in the NBA out of Dayton little undersized for the five at 6'9". Really concerning defense, the way he moves his hips, the way he rotates his hips on defense. and I don't know if I trust him at the four, and I don't know if he's big enough for the five, but offensively, everything is there. His shot looks pretty good, super athletic. Um, he'll be able to contribute on, on, on offense right away. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know how much more room he has to grow, and, and his defense will always limit him, but in this draft, I think he's as close to a sure thing as you're going to get probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing for me with Obi, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, like a shorter, uh, John Collins a little bit, um, where, like you said, he, he, there's so many things he can do on offense that are going to be so valuable, um, that will just make him a really solid pick and he'll make an impact right away. Um, the question I just think will be, you know, what's the ceiling at, like you said, with the defense concerns, what position is he best at? Can you, if you can survive with him at the small ball five, um, that could be huge for him. Um, Or if he can develop, um, you know, enough quickness and enough um, smart to kind of depend on the perimeter and be a four full time, that would also be huge. Um, So if he can figure those, either of those uh, things out, then it, it, it could be, um, really, really big for his career. Um, but otherwise, he might be one of those players that's um, really good at some things and just has some some huge, um, some huge weaknesses that kind of make him difficult to build around.
0: So that leads us to the sixth pick, the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm excited about this pick. I didn't have them getting this guy in my mock, but they would love him. And that's Tyrese Halliburton the 6'5 point guard from Iowa State. I think the Hawks roster, they got Trey Young and Kevin Herter in the same draft. So we all kind of think, oh, that's like a nice backcourt. But outside of that, they really have nothing. And Kevin Herter is not a great secondary playmaker. Plus three guard lineups are becoming more and more common every single season. And that's what Tyrese Halberd would be really great at is he doesn't need to score, but he shoots really well. So that keeps the defense honest and he playmakes really well. Which will help Trey Young not need to have a ridiculous usage rate all the time, because Trey Young's great and his numbers are great, and I wouldn't call them hollow, but there's like nowhere else for them to really turn. So Trey Young's doing it all, so I think his efficiencies will take way up when that playmaking gap is filled, and I think Tyrese Halliburton fits next to him, fits next to Herder, and fits alongside both in three guard lineups, and he brings defense, which neither of those guys play.
1: uh yeah i mean i think that's kind of exactly what atlanta is looking for and it it also really falls in line with their goal to um to try to win and compete next year um because i think halberton's going to be a guy who could who could absolutely um make a big impact year one just with his iq and, and and some of his some of his talent so um i like that fit a lot
2: yeah i love that backcourt um I got to see Halliburton last year in the U nineteen World Cup, so he's one of the college guys I think I know a little better. And I don't really see him as a point guard as much, but I do think he works really well with Trey Young, and that he kind of covers up some holes on defense. And he can, his playmaking can shine without having to handle the ball quite as much as he might in like a primary initiating role. So I think it works really well for Trey Young. I think it works really well for Halliburton, and and I like the fit going forward.
1: Um. With the seventh pick for the Detroit Pistons, uh, I'm going to go with a guy that um, who has risen a ton over the the past few weeks and who I've seen a, um, a lot of rumors about the Pistons being his floor, which was kind of shocking to me recently, but that he may have gotten a promise from Detroit, and that's Patrick Williams. Um, he's a uh, 18-year-old uh, 6'8", 6'9", forward um, out of Florida State. Um this is a little surprising to me, how how highly he's risen recently. Um, I get the appeal. I get the upside. He's got a great frame. Um, he looks like he's got great defense potential, although uh, I, I think that some people are overrating his lateral quickness a little bit, so I'm, I'm interested to see how he holds up in the perimeter. Um, but uh, he's just got a great build, a great frame, um, can do a lot of things, play a lot of positions. Um, seems like there's the potential there to develop a a, a decent jump shot, and um, he also has a little bit of playmaking potential too, but he still seems a little lost on offense in general. Um, but all those things are what everybody's looking for right now, you know versatility um shooting and 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 potential. so um I'm guessing that's the reason he's he's risen so far and and why Detroit seems to be enamored with him.
2: Yeah, I was a little surprised at how it does seem like they have promised him and now Chicago is trying to say that they'll take him to to get Detroit to move up, but they they seem pretty dead set on him, and, and I kind of agree with his defense has been a little overrated. And um, to be honest, I don't really get it, but um, they, they seem pretty set on it. So they must see something that I don't. And then they've watched a lot more of him than I have. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, what their plan is for him because they clearly have one. Yeah. and, and-
1: uh, just real quick, the interesting thing about that, Drew, I, I kind of mentioned this right before. I, I just think it's so hard to know with a lot of these guys because usually the draft ends or the college ends and the draft is like two months later. Um, and this year, the draft is like nine months after the last college game or eight months or something like that. Um, so a lot of these guys could be completely different players. They could be bigger, they could be faster, they could have added things. Um, we just don't know. So... Maybe um, maybe Patrick Williams has, has added a few things um, to his game and workouts that we just haven't been able to um, see or know um, on kind of the outside looking in.
2: Right, especially with the super young guy. didn't even start this last year. So, yeah, he he fits that profile of a guy who could improve like that. So, yeah, I'm sure there's something that they're seeing that I'm not, but i um, interested to see what it is. So with the eighth pick... The New York Knicks. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Isaac Okoro. Um, honestly, I don't know why. I didn't expect him to be here, but I guess I didn't. Um, I think he's just kind of the best player available, which is what you need when you're the Knicks. He's more of a three than a four, but he's kind of the the kind of player they already have a lot of. But um, I think he fits well. He can play both. Um, not really gonna hand, not really gonna have the ball in his hands a yeah. lot, but. Great defender. So I think he fits with New York. I don't know if he's – I think he's probably one of the best players available, so they take him. But, um, you know, they do need playmaking. But um, I think he's a good fit here still.
1: Yeah. um, Okoro seems to be a guy that has been maybe slightly sliding recently, which is kind of surprising me. Um, He's someone I'm, I'm much more confident in than Patrick Williams personally. Uh I like this a lot for New York. They definitely need playmaking, like you said. Um, but there's a lot of ways to go about adding that, especially um I think we can all assume they're gonna be very aggressive in free agency. Maybe even um they may even have their eyes on like a Fred Van Vliet or someone. Um so Okora is a great fit next to RJ Barrett and kind of cover for for some of his weaknesses. Um I I think that'd be a good fit.
2: Yeah, with, with twenty seven later in the draft too, I guess. It makes more sense with how many point guards are going to probably fall to that range that they would go without a point. I'm not, not go with a point guard here, but um, a lot of different ways they can go. And I think it's going to really shape the next few picks, which way they decide to go.
0: All right. Yeah, that brings us to the ninth pick, the Washington Wizards. And to me, this pick is a no brainer. I think one of the best values we've had so far, and that's going to be Anyeko Kangwu from USC. 6'9", 245 pound freshman. He's like a combo power forward slash center because of how light he is on his feet. And there are some other players that I really like for the Wizards, but Okongu's like top three or four on my board. And just defensively, he could truly be a menace. We saw Bam Adebayo vault out of relative unknownness to being the best defender on the planet. And I don't want to call Okongu Adebayo because that's hefty. But he could be the same type of player. He can defend the rim and he can be a tear on the perimeter, use his big, huge body. He's strong. He's got strong legs. Like I said, he's light on his feet. He can rebound. He can protect the rim. And supposedly, I mean, I don't know enough about shot mechanics to watch and just say that this guy will be a great shooter, but he's got the touch and he's good at the free throw line to where he won't be only able to score in the restricted area. And he seems intelligent. I just love him for the modern NBA, and the Wizards specifically really need him because their only bigs are Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner, who are almost Ennis Canter bad on defense.
1: Uh, yeah, this seems like the most. I mean, if he if I Anyaki mean, gets here, this seems like the most confident pick of the lottery to me. Um, yeah, the it, Wizards
0: will be jumping for joy. It
1: just seems like a perfect fit. It seems like it's been their guy since day one, from from what I can tell. Um, I I can't remember seeing hardly any other Wizards rumors for, like, anyone else. It's, like, maybe a few guys, but he seems to be who they've been zeroed in on. Um, and I love Onyeka, uh, for all the reasons you just said. Um, I have him, like, top three on my board, um, even though I'm not typically... Um, A huge big man guy, but uh, I think it's an excellent pick. And I think that brings it back to me, actually. Yes. uh, So with the 10th pick um, for the Phoenix Suns, this is another – I'm going with another name who who has kind of been a late riser and who I've seen rumored to the Suns a lot recently, um, and that's Aaron Nesmith. Um, similar to the Detroit pick with, with Patrick Williams. I think this is a little high for Nesmith, but I totally see the appeal from, from Phoenix and why they might be in Amber with them. You just you just got Chris Paul um, and you have a pretty good young core already. Here's a guy kind of similar to their Cameron Johnson pick who can just come in and make shots right away and, and you really don't have to worry about um, screwing up this pick. Um, so I think they may be just trying to build off that momentum. Uh, Nesmith, by the way, is a 6'6 wing. He went to Vanderbilt. Um, he's 20 years old, and he's kind of – he's he's definitely most well-known as a prospect. for He made over 50% of his three-point attempts last season before he got <laughs> injured, um, which is absolutely insane, um, regardless of the competition level. So I'm going to go there. I saw, I saw a rumor earlier that his floor is now 12, that some team has, gave him a promise. Wow. And which, yeah, was surprising to me that could be wrong or misinformation. Uh, but just doing the math and looking at previous rumors, I kind of thought if he got a promise within the top 12, it's probably Phoenix at 10.
0: Yeah. And people saw Tyler Hero and what he did this year. And I think that it's kind of impacting him as a similar type of players. Just, oh, wow. Like shooting and touch. That's going to be useful right away. Mm hmm. Do you think Nesmith, I mean, either of you, do you think he's as good, say, rebounding or putting the ball on the floor as Tyler Hero? I don't want to compare him to him, but I feel like it's kind of a reactionary uh, he, rise of how important shooting is. He's
1: a pretty good rebounder. I would say he's certainly not the playmaker Hero is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and He's not as quick. Um, he seems like he has a little bit of a sturdier build, so I think he like he should be pretty good on defense, um, and you from what I saw in college, he was playing against some weak competition, but he held you know, held his own on that end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not Tyler Hero to me. A lot of people are going to compare him to that, but it doesn't mean he can't be really good. I, I, he, he can still be that kind of archetype, kind of like you said with Junieka, compared to like a BAM.
2: Yeah, no, I think he's a better defender, not quite the playmaker, like you said. I think he's a better defender. He's He has actually like a plus wingspan instead of a minus wingspan. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a little overrated as a shooter, though. And the injury was probably the best thing to ever happen to him because it happened after he was, like, <laughs> over 50%, mm-hmm. eight shots per game. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, he he had a great game against SMU. Like, he had a few good games. But I think it is kind of overrating him as a shooter on a, in, on a broader scale, I guess. And um, I do think he'll get picked about this range, but I don't know if he's quite good enough to deserve that. Honestly,
1: yeah, I agree a little bit, and that's kind of my hesitations with him. Um, I just think with other prospects, we have more of a track record. Like I, I would mm-hmm. say Desmond Bain is a better shooter. Um, Marcus is a better shooter. Sam Merrill. Now, those aren't all the same level prospect. Maybe a Bain is, but the other two aren't as a as a net But I do think people, like you said, kind of see that number in their eyes pop, and um, if you look at the tape, um, or just like the kind of longer body of work. He's definitely a great three-point shooter, but he's not necessarily like a Tyler, Le- Tyler hero outlier level
2: shooter. Yeah. The numbers are insane though. So I don't blame people for having that reaction. So with the 11th pick, the Spurs are going to take Devin Vassell. Um, pretty much the stereotypical three and D prospect, super long, Um, pretty good shooter his release is kind of weird it was really weird in a video that that came out I guess about a month ago now and um sounds like that's just the video and it's not really kind of a a new shot like Markel Fultz situation necessarily but um his release is still kind of like a weird like looping motion and um I think that's something to be concerned about but he shot it well this last season um super super active defender off the ball like Really long, his we well, spend six, ten, but it looks way longer. So I think he's kind of the perfect modern three and d kind of prospect that that teams are looking for, and he can kind of fit on any roster.
1: yeah, I'd be pretty devastated if he went to the spurs as not friend. i I love his <laughs> yeah though. um and he's the kind of guy that they would work wonders with just based on track record.
0: He's the guy that I would want for the Wizards if they don't get Okongwu. And I think probably their second most commonly mocked guy. So I think this is a really good range for him. And he's super similar to Nesmith too. So it makes sense that they go right next to each other. They're like the 3 and D guys of this class. Um, with the 12th pick, Sacramento Kings, I'm going to go with a guy who Kings fans wouldn't have dreamed to fall this far. Like not very recently. But Killian Hayes somehow is still on the board. He's a combo guard. I'll say he's got really good facilitation. He played internationally for Ratio Farm Ulm in Germany, I believe. He's six foot five. Um, he can score and pass. Drew, you want to tell us more about him? So
2: I actually just posted my Keelan Hayes scouting report on the on ID prospects, which I I wrote in April and just got around to posting it the day before the draft, but. he is a great shot creator, like elite level shot creator, but he's not necessarily an elite level shot maker yet. I think it'll come around though. He's eighty five percent free throw shooter as a, as a young player, like that's dating back to twenty seventeen, I think, when he was uh, sixteen years old. So he is an elite. He he could he has the potential to be an elite shot maker at the NBA level. Um, he has he can stop on a dime. His deceleration reminds me of like James Harden or Luca, just the way he can stop on a dime and. Um, the big issue with wow. him, I think, is his right hand is pretty much non-existent. It's been something he's supposedly been working on since forever now, as long as I can remember, he's been working on it. Um, but in the last seven months, I think there's been a lot of progress made, but nobody's really buying it because he has dropped, like you said. Like I don't think the Kings would have ever expected him to drop here, and, and now it sounds like he will. So the teams aren't buying whatever he's, he's selling about his right hand um, development, but We'll see what actually happens. I guess in about a month when the season starts.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a guy whose slide has really been kind of shocking to me. Um, I'm a huge Killian Hayes fan. Um, I just have a lot more confidence in him as a as a. He just seems like a very smart, well rounded player, and and like you said, the um, the left hand dominance is is very um, was was very stark, uh, but. Um, I don't think that's not something he can't overcome. He just seems too skilled to not figure that out. Um, so I have a ton of faith for him. And if if I were a Kings fan and he fell to 12 and we got him, I'd be pretty thrilled, honestly.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be the best pick for them.
1: Um, and then with 13, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, this is the first one I actually got to think about a little bit. I got to look at who's on the board. Um I think for the Pelicans I'm gonna give them uh Sadiq Bay. Uh I think the Pelicans are in an interesting spot because um one, they have a million picks. Two, there's not a ton of high super high upside guys here unless they wanted to take a swing at Um, Pokaszewski, which actually could make some sense next to Zion, but I think it might be a little early for that. Um, So I kind of want Bay, who's just more of a – who's seen as more of a high-floor kind of guy, 3-D prospect. He's a Villanova player. um, He's about 6'8", 6'9", maybe, but I think it's like 6'8". And, yeah, he just kind of does, you know, plays all defense. Not a tremendous athlete. I think a lot of people have concerns about his, his burst. Um, that's something that I worry about. Um, but he should be able to come in and and provide um, some dependable spacing and defense, which is something New Orleans could use right now around Ingram and Zion.
0: Yeah, I got no beefs with that pick. I think he could go in a broad range. Like you said, there are questions, but there are things that he does really well like he's as good a playmaking wing as you can find in this draft outside of Denny who is gone by 10 picks and the Pelicans are in a weird spot because they just traded for Eric Bledsoe and if Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball is your starting back court, that's just super weird mm-hmm. so they could be primed to make another move it's hard to project them right now so I like it shooting's always nice playmaking's always nice
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, another one of those guys, and there's a lot of them that can kind of fit on any team. And when you're kind of building around a bunch of young guys, you don't know exactly who everybody will turn into, I guess. Um, That's a good pick, I think, a solid, like, high-floor guy for them. So with the 14th pick, the first of many Boston Celtics picks, it sounds like they're trying to trade up, but (laughs) with the 14th pick, the Celtics will take Kyra Lewis out of Alabama. Um, sophomore guard, but a little bit um, younger. He's actually younger than a lot of freshmen because of how young he was um, when he came into college. So he's one of the fastest players in this draft, and he'll be one of the fastest players in the league next year. Um, You know, he's, I think, a more impressive shooter and kind of pick and roll player just he's more of a point guard i think than people really Mm -hmm. expected after his freshman season and um he improved a lot but i think there's just a lot to him that kind of the speed the speed is what draws you to him but i think there's a lot more to his game and, and i think that teams are kind of starting to notice that um and realize how young he is and how much room he has to grow um he still has a lot of he's still pretty light he can put on a lot of muscle i think so um you know, I think 6'3", with a pretty good wingspan, I think he's um, big enough that he can play with Kemba, maybe. But um, as a backup guard to kind of fill that role as, as Kemba gets older, I think he's a good fit for them.
1: Yeah, I, I really like um, uh, Kira to Uh I really like Kira. Um, I I just think uh, my base concerns would be, you know, the frame, like you mentioned. Um, How is he going to... How much weight does he put on? How does that affect his speed? Um, But I don't have too much concerns about that because of that 6'3 size, I think he should be able to put on weight. Um, And I love him at Boston because he's the kind of guy where um, I think would really benefit from going to a team where he's not necessarily given the reins right away. Um, I think it might take a little bit more time for him to develop Um, some more of his point guard skills, even though I do agree with you. I think that they are um, underrated in general. Um, And it would allow him to just kind of unleash himself as as a scoring weapon and to kind of play a little bit free and loose with that Boston team as, you know, the fifth or sixth option um, as his rookie year. So I I think that's a great fit, and it gives you a dynamic tandem just speed-wise between him and Kemba.
0: All right, and that puts me on the 15th pick of the Orlando Magic. And now that we're out of the lottery, I think we should go a little bit faster because we don't want this to run forever, turn into watching the Titanic on a podcast or anything like that. Uh, With the 15th pick, I'm going to give the Orlando Magic Tyrese (laughs) Maxey. He's a little bit undersized. He can play either guard position. He's a freshman out of Kentucky. And I say undersized, even though he's six foot three, but yeah, he can score really well. He'll be instant offense and Evan Fournier is about to expire and he tries really hard and gives a lot of intensity on defense. So while he'll never be able to guard forwards, he'll still be a good defender and he's a solid playmaker, but not a lead guard. So he fits pretty perfectly next to Markel Faults and the magic need offense. So I think he'll bring that.
1: Makes sense. Um I've got Houston. Uh i mocked, I gave them uh Alexi Uh it should be noted they just got this pick the other day. Um so there really hasn't been um any rumors there. The reason I want Poku for them is I think the writing's kinda on the wall for Westbrook and Harden. It seems like they're on their way out, which means Houston's in line for a huge rebuild. Um and to me Poku Um, this might be a hot take. I think he's got the highest ceiling in the class. Um, He certainly has a lower floor, but he's a a seven footer with like a seven, three wingspan. Um, He's rail thin right now. He's barely pushing 200 pounds, but he can pass, he can shoot, he can dribble. He's shown a little uh, ability to protect the rim. Um, Despite his slight frame, he's very aggressive and and seems to invite contact. Um, So I'm going to give him to, to Houston and maybe they can either stash him or bring him on bring him along slowly and and just cross their fingers and, and hope he can develop into a star.
2: With the seventeenth pick I have the Timberwolves and I took precious Achua here. Um, twenty one year old, so an older freshman from Memphis, but um six foot nine, long, great athlete, plays hard. I think he's a really good fit next to Carl Anthony Towns and, and in that lineup with um, D'Angelo Russell and, and either Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball but in this case Anthony Edwards just because he doesn't really take a, a lot of usage um, plays really hard can move his feet on defense so he's not a complete liability there and he covers up some of the holes that the Towns has on defense so I like this fit for Minnesota I think they're really hoping that he drops to them here
0: 18 should be me but as I already told Sean <laughs> I'm going to trade him 18 for 19 since Sean is from Dallas, a little bit of a Dallas Mavericks guy.
1: Yes. So, uh, I really crushed myself two picks ago by giving my favorite <laughs> player to my least favorite team. Um, but I've got to be objective and
0: it's integrity.
1: Um, so here we are no Poku for the Mavs, but one of my other favorite players in this draft class I'm um, giving to Dallas, and that's Desmond Bain. Um, Desmond Bain is uh, one of the um, one of the older players in the class. He's the rare, you know, senior. Uh, you don't get the a lot, you know, coming out of college anymore um, as first round draft picks. But he improved every year at TCU. Uh, I think he's, for my money, um, the safest shooter in the class. Um, he hit over forty two or three percent on his threes um, over his entire career at TCU um, as a high volume three point shooter. He's a good defender. I think he's a very underrated playmaker, um, and he's one of the top guys in my mind that's going to come in and and make an impact right away. And uh, he he should slip into that that Dallas rotation um, very nicely. He brings a lot of the things that they don't have.
0: All right, and nineteen is the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to give them Cole Anthony the highly recruited point guard from North Carolina. He's 6'3", 20 and a half, so he's an older freshman. Um, He had good athleticism, but it didn't translate well his one year at Carolina. So he was a top 10 lock. Like he was one of the top recruits and was going to go really high. And the North Carolina season absolutely imploded. So he had poor teammates, nothing went right for them. So it's really hard to evaluate what was and wasn't his fault and what he'll end up like in the NBA. But because he was so good just a year ago, it gives him a really high ceiling. And he's got all the ability in the world. So Brooklyn makes a lot of sense. He'll be a backup and he can learn a lot from Kyrie. Or if they trade for Harden, you know, he'd be even better to learn from Harden. But he's got the talent to contribute right away if everything breaks how it should for him.
2: So for the Heat with the 20th pick, I'm taking Jalen Smith. Um, he's a sophomore big out of Maryland. Um, you know, it's really one of the few teams, I think, that can go a few different ways this offseason. They, they have the most flexibility probably of any team that made the playoffs last year, and obviously they, they didn't just make the playoffs, they made the finals. So they could easily get a backup point guard here, maybe even a starting point guard, um, depending on how the roster looks next year. But I think they'll go with the big. I think Jalen Smith is a good fit. Um, He can protect the rim, play the four and five, can shoot a little bit. I think he has a higher ceiling than a lot of people give him credit for. He improved a lot from his freshman to his sophomore year. So I think he's a good fit on this roster and a good fit around this area of the draft.
0: All right, and I'm back up. Once again, seems quick because I had to trade that Dallas pick to Sean. (laughs) With 21, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm going to give them Tyrell Terry. Uh, 6'3", just 170 though. Point guard from Stanford. He is a freshman. He might be one of the best shooters in the entire draft. It's just so pure. He's really, really smart and just processes the game at a top level. He can facilitate some, but he might not ever become a lead guard, but Philly just needs shooting really, really bad. And it's worth noting that Philly also has the 34th and 36th overall pick in the draft. And it reported a couple hours ago that they gave Isaiah Joe, a top-notch shooter, a guard from Arkansas, a promise. So he could be the pick here at 21. I think it's high for him, but if they promise him, they really like him. So he could be another selection. But either way, they need shooting really badly. So Terry or Joe, I don't know. Seems likely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They could take a million shooters and I think all Philly fans would be happy. Uh, Yeah. They
0: could take both at 21 and 34. So something like that.
1: And that brings us to 22. Um, I've got Denver and for them, I'm going to give them RJ Hampton. Uh, Denver kind of has a a recent history of uh, um, being willing to, to um, gamble a little bit on kind of higher upside prospects. And I think Hampton fits that Um, as uh, Michael pointed to, uh, point out to me before we started recording the pod um, that I hadn't even really taken into consideration. There's a good chance they let Monty Morris walk in the near future, so um, a lot of times, like bring a little NFL analogy into there, they say you you know will you will plan your draft picks to kind of um, to fit around your future free agent leavings. Um, so he Hampton is a, a kind of an up and down year overseas, um, really mostly down. Uh, but he went into a pretty tough situation. Um, he wasn't playing on the most competitive, competitive team, and uh, he didn't shoot very well. But he supposedly, supposedly, has been working um, diligently with with Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller, two two former um, NBA stars, on that jump shot. And from what I understand, a lot of teams seem um, pretty encouraged by by the work he's shown so far. So if he can, if he can prove he's a good shooter. Um, with his athleticism, and his quickness, and his his ball skills at six five, I think he could um, add a, a great element to that Denver team off the bench.
0: Real quick, is it Mike Miller from the Heat and the Grizzlies, the shooter, or Mike Miller, the head coach? The shooter. Okay, that's what I thought. The Knicks interim head coach last year was named Mike Miller too. Uh, Different guy. But yes,
1: the shooter, because him and he was an assistant on Penny's staff at Memphis,
0: uh-huh. and he actually
1: just quit. Um, I think he's coaching high school now or something. I, he went to go do something else, okay. um, but yeah, so they have a close relationship and it was actually, it's actually a really cool story. Uh, I, I won't go through the whole story, but uh, Penny recruited RJ very, very hard in high school. And then he turned him down and Penny still um, reached out to him after the season to, to try to work with him because he, he just believed in him as a player and a prospect. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really, really cool thing for Penny Hardaway to do And a, uh a really um kind of great moment for the memphis program and hopefully prospects pay attention to that going forward
0: yeah big endorsement of hampton too yeah
2: definitely yeah that was confusing though when mike miller was yeah like the interim coaching job for the <laughs> knicks and he had just quit at memphis or whatever the timing was it was confusing for sure <laughs> So with the twenty third pick, the Jazz are going to take Jaden McDaniels. I think for the Jazz, Poku is kind of their first option here, but they're not really expecting McDaniels to drop to them, which kind of surprises me, um, because I expected him to be a late first round guy. But I think they'll be happy with, to have him at twenty three. He's a six nine wing that really you know super athletic, super fluid mover. He's got a good looking jump shot. He had. Probably the worst, maybe besides Cole Anthony, the worst case scenario scenario in his in his only season at Washington. But um, there's still a lot of potential there. He was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school for a reason, and I think that the Jazz think that they can develop him into the player that a lot of people expected him to be coming out of high school. And um, I think they're really high on him for that reason. And so they're. Kinda of seems like they're looking for a project and Pokashevsky is their first option, maybe, but I think McDaniels would be a good option for them as well and one they're excited about.
0: So that brings up the New Orleans Pelicans at twenty-four, and they had the thirteenth selection, and we gave them Sadiq Bey. So with pick, um this pick I'm gonna go with Teo Maladon, point guard from France. He's six five, and he's probably a year away. Like some people were surprised that he declared for this draft. So I think that's fine with the Pelicans having Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball in the backcourt ahead of him. And by trading Drew Holiday, it's clear they don't want to compete right now. So I think that pick makes a lot of sense for them, makes sense for the future of their backcourt, makes sense for their timeline. And he's a really smart player, so it could definitely all come around. And yeah, he's got good size. He can play the pick and roll really well for somebody his age. And more than athleticism dependent, he's just smart, slippery type of guy. So, I don't know. I think it's a great fit. I think it's what they need.
2: Yeah, just a quick note on him, though. I think he's being underrated a lot because he had a shoulder injury last year that hopefully isn't a chronic thing. He said have a couple of shoulder injuries, and I think he would have shot a lot better without it. And I think that's a good pick wherever he um, goes. I mean, you can you
1: can confirm or deny this, Drew, because you would know more than me, but from everything I've heard about him, he is um, just like one of those absolute workhorse kind of guys, super smart head straight in the shoulders and um, really just kind of outworks everybody. Um, at least that's what I've heard.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's been able to play Euroleague since he was 17. I think it stunted his development a little bit um, because he didn't get to be like do anything creative and he never developed that, but Um, as far as like being able to transition to the NBA, I think he's about as ready as anybody that's just, okay.
1: Uh, I've got the next pick. Um, I believe it's what? 25. Yes. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. Oklahoma city. And for them, I gave, I decided to give them Josh green. Um, he's a a six, six wing from, from Arizona. Um, a 19 year old, um, another one and done guy. Uh, I like green a lot. I think he's, I think he's slightly underrated. Um, he's an excellent athlete. He's got a, a long plus wingspan. Um, I think he has, um, and he has great core strength. So I, I just love his potential as a defender. Um, and I think he showed enough with his shot last year, his one year in Arizona, for me to feel comfortable with that. So I, I think he's a really solid standard three and D kind of prospect. Um, and with OKC. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say what they need because they're just they just made that trade and they've got it's just a weird roster. So to me, he's just he's one of the best players on the board um, and it's a safe pick. So that's who I gave to. him.
2: So with the Celtics twenty six overall pick, I'm going to take um, Leandro Bolmaro from Argentina. Um, You know, assuming like we are, that they keep all three picks. They're going to have to take a st- uh, draft and stash guy most likely, and I think Bomaro fits that. He's going to stay at Barcelona for e- at least this season. Um, Argentinian, kind of a point guard, but plays a lot of forward. Um, six seven, long and lanky. He's 2000 born, so he's tw- uh, just turned 20 recently, I guess. Um, hasn't had the best start to his season in Barcelona like I expected him to with um, Sharunis Yassikovicis. I might have said that wrong, but um, coaching him this year, he's been able to transform point guards into like elite EuroLeague players. And is probably the highest potential guy he's gotten to work with. So I was really excited about the two of them working together, it hasn't quite lived up to what I expected so far, but I still expect that to be something that really benefits Belmaro in the long run and um, the right situation that you want a guy to be in for a stash candidate for sure. Um, so really high on him, super long, great passer. A little bit like Joe Ingles where he doesn't really bring the ball up the floor necessarily, but he can terminate the offense really well and pick and roll. Those are some great passes all around the court um his shot needs a lot of work his body needs he needs to put some muscle on but um super high potential guy that that you don't have to worry about while he's overseas
0: all right and that leads us to the 27th pick the new york knicks we gave them isaac okoro earlier the best perimeter defender in the class so i'm gonna go all offense here with some position they already need his point guard and scoring and that's devin dodson from kansas He led Kansas to the number one ranking, like right before COVID hit and canceled the season. He's a fearless, aggressive scorer who can get to the rim, even though he's a little bit undersized at 6'2", 185. He's got good upside. He could become a starter. He's pesky on the ball. He has great instincts. He could be the floor general type, but we just don't know yet. But yeah, I think it's great upside for the Knicks. They really need scoring and scoring from the point guard position because who knows with Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina what they'll be. So deep point guard class, they get one here.
1: Okay, my that brings me to my last pick. Um, and I actually have Oklahoma City again. I just gave them Josh Green. And here at 28, I'm going to give them Xavier Tillman. Um, he's a 20-year-old 6'9 center out of Michigan State. The questions with him um, kind of stem from the fact, uh, you know, his size. Will he be able to continue to play center at an effective level in the NBA? If not, that really lowers his value. Um, and then um, I would say just, like, his explosiveness, you know, um, what what kind of a a, a vertical athlete he is. Um, will he be strong enough to, to hold up? But – to me, there's, a lot of, there's just much more things to like. Um, he seems like he's going to defend on the perimeter at an extremely high level for a big man. Um, he competes really hard. He's really smart. Um, he makes all the right reads on offense. And the reason I have a little hope for him is he was playing in the Big Ten last year, and he was going up against a lot of big centers, and I thought he did an excellent job of holding his own. Um, and I know it's silly to cons- to you know, compare Big Ten centers to NBA centers, but um with the way Baffle's going, centers in the NBA have gotten so much smaller and and the Big Ten has always has like six, seven, two, you know, man that's in there. So I, I'm feeling pretty pretty confident about him holding up the five. Um and as far as the OK C fit goes, Steven Adams is on expiring contract. Um I think there's a, a good chance he leaves. Um expiring after this next season, of course. And and Nero and Zoell is a free agent right now, actually. Um, so there's a chance that he also leaves to, to go to a win now, maybe get a mid-level exception or something like that. Um, so it makes sense to, to replace those guys. And um, I think he could – seems like a great culture guy that could kind of help jumpstart a rebuild.
2: So with my last pick, the 29th pick, I'm going to Toronto. I have Zeke Nagy, freshman out of Arizona, um great body super long 7'2 wingspan 6'10 without shoes so he can he can really play the four or the five um he moves well but he's a great rebounder and scorer at the rim so I think when you're looking at the modern NBA where centers are somewhat replaceable compared to other positions I guess um he's kind of the he's the kind of guy that you want at the center position I think um doesn't really make mistakes and and can get you second chances and can finish the easy shots at the rim. So um, he had a great combine. I think he's moving up draft boards, and, and I think he might even go higher than this, but um, really interesting freshman out of Arizona, I think.
0: And that brings us to my and the final pick of the draft, the Celtics once again. So we gave them Balmaro and Kyra Lewis already, I believe. I'm going to give them Grant Riller, professional scorer, maybe the best scorer in the draft. I think he's six foot three. He went to Charleston and over four years, he shot something like 69% from the field. Just an absolutely comical number, like Zion type of stuff from a pretty small guard. He can do absolutely everything. Like he's so good at scoring that it doesn't really matter the competition level. So obviously Charleston wasn't all D one, but he dominated them so much that he still would have been good at any level. And as a bench scorer, he'll be a machine. There's no shot he can't make. His athleticism isn't horrible. There's he's got a roll. If you can get buckets, you'll always be fine in the NBA. And I think the Celtics could use that. But I mean, once you get into the 30s, it's really who you want. So I like Grant Riller.
1: Well, beautiful. Uh I think next what we're going to do is just kind of um we all just have a uh, a guy or two that we want to talk about that that didn't get picked that we really like. Um, so I'll I'll just go ahead and and kick it off. Um, I considered a few names with this one, but I had to go with uh, with my guy Tyshon Alexander. Um, I grew up a diehard Creighton fan. I still am a big Creighton fan. Alexander was a three-year player at at Creighton. Um, a he's kind of a, a combo guard of sorts, which used to have a much more negative connotation in the NBA than it does now. Um, he is an excellent perimeter defender. For my money, one of the more underrated perimeter defenders in this class. Um, He is uh, like six, five, I believe. Um, He's got a a great reliable jump shot. Um, I would, I would say his, his biggest downfall as a prospect is uh, he doesn't have really great point guard skills for a guy that you would prefer to play point guard at his size. Um, but he should be able to, to come in. He, he can play and make just enough. He can attack closeouts. He can hit great shots, and he, and he can really defend. Um, so I, I think he makes a lot of sense in, like, an Avery Bradley or Patrick Beverly-type role. Maybe maybe not quite the defenders of those kind of guys, but um, can, you know, just play off ball next to a, a, a primary ball handler and, and space the floor and defend at a super high level.
0: All right. I'll go... Next, I like Tyshawn Alexander a lot too. I expect him to hopefully get picked in the first round. 20 through 60 is crazy in this draft, so you never know. But yeah. because I like him so much, I'll say that. Um, my guy, I'll go with Paul Reed from Depaul. He reminds me of Paul Millsap defensively. Offensively, he can't playmake like that, but he can dribble the ball in transition. His scoring's mostly at the rim right now, but he's a smart guy and he was lowly recruited. So he barely played his freshman year and then was the most improved player of the conference and like all conference defense and everything like that. He had a ridiculous five steals plus blocks last year, and he could just end up being a game wrecker. He could play power forward. He can protect the rim. So he's good for modern type of defense. And, I don't know what his offense is going to bring. It doesn't seem hopeless, but when you're that good at defense and you don't kill the offense, I feel like you're going to have a spot in the league for a while.
2: Yeah. So my first guy for the second round guys, and I think he might even move up to the first round. It sounds like is Yom Madar from Hapoel Tel Aviv in Israel. He really wasn't too well known until last summer when he and (coughs) Denny Abdia played on that um, U 20 team that, that won the European championships and, um, people kind of started to realize that he was, and he was a prospect too. And uh, watching his games this most recent season, you know, he's really good shooter, um, great passer. He plays with, he's a, I mean, with the ball. There's not many guys I think in this draft that have the potential to create like he can. He's really shifty, um, pretty quick, and uh, I think that kind of shows on defense more, where he's just super energetic on the ball. He likes to guard guys full court, and and he gives pros a hard time. Um, getting the ball off the court, honestly, sometimes. So I think that there's a lot of two-way potential for a guy like him and um, another guy where he gives teams a little flexibility because he's a stash guy. And I think teams kind of value that. Maybe the Knicks at 27 or somebody um, like New Orleans at 24 maybe um, or 39 I think would be interested in him.
0: All right, is that everybody? All right. I, so. um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I think this was pretty well executed. We got it done and hopefully under this hour. Uh, yeah. This hopefully taught you a lot about a lot of prospects. I mean, I learned things today. So draft is tomorrow night. Tune in. It's going to be so much fun. One of the most chaotic drafts ever. Uh, any final words? Uh, God, I
1: just hope the Mavs <laughs> get posted. I hope the Wizards get... like i'd be happy with so many guys but i just my heart i hope the wizards get okongu yeah i
2: I think tomorrow's night's gonna be fun for them Mm -hmm. that's all i'm gonna say
1: yeah it should be really fun and it should be uh not to not to dismiss the the exercise we just did um there should be a lot of trades which should be Mm -hmm. fun
0: yeah so that's everything Check out Drew's website, id-prospects.com. They do incredible work. And, I mean, players are going to come from international locations more and more and more. So you're going to want to read about them. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been the BTC Pod.